0: Shalom brothers and sisters. I'm brother Sid. I have brother Corey assisting me today. We are the Commandment Keepers Church. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's title will be the Christian deception. The Christian deception, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, one of the most, not if, the most dangerous religion there is. It's Christianity, brothers and sisters. It is the most evil religion. Why do we say that? Because they make you believe they actually follow Christ. See, Muslims, they they don't believe in Christ, and they'll tell you right off. Satanists, they don't believe in Christ. Buddhists, they don't believe in Christ, and they'll tell you right off, we don't deal with that Christ stuff. But Christians, they'll claim that they actually believe in Christ and be teaching you the devil's doctrine. Brothers and sisters, our people, the children of Israel, the Negroes, especially the Hispanics, the natives. Right. What religion are we in? Christianity for black folks and Catholicism for our Spanish speaking brethren. Right. So we're being we're being subjugated through this particular religion, brothers and sisters. And what you'll find out today is we're going to go through the Bible. We have a myriad of scriptures to show you, to prove according to God. That Christianity is the devil's religion. And they're not following the Bible, brothers and sisters. And guess what? I grew up as a Christian. Brother Corey grew up as a Christian. Our families grew up as Christians. So it pains us to have to do this. But the truth will set you free, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Job 9 and 24, brothers and sisters. Job 9 and 24.
1: Job 9 and 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covered the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he?
0: Look at that. According to the Bible, Satan rules the earth. Because why? Brothers and sisters, what is the biggest religion? What is the biggest religion? Catholicism or Christianity. Christianity or Catholicism or Catholic means universal Christian. It is the greatest religion in all of the earth, brothers and sisters. They have over a billion, over a billion, billions, brothers and sisters, of quote-unquote Catholics or Christians. And people will say, well, hold up. Are you telling me all these people are wrong? Yes. If you are a Christian, if you are in Christianity, you are going against God. And we're going to show you that what the Bible tells you, that if the earth belongs to Satan, then most people will be following Satan. Those who do
1: the right thing would be a minority. Could you read that again, brother? Verse 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covered the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? Look at
0: this, brothers and sisters. The earth is given where? Into the hand of the wicked. We'll prove that today. Some people are saying, well, no, God is actually in control of the earth. He's actually ruling the earth. Brothers and sisters, God is not ruling the earth. God is dealing with his people. He have a few. He have a remnant that he deals with. But the earth is in the hand of the enemy. Brothers and sisters, let us prove this. Christ will tell you this. Christ will tell you this, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew to prove what Job said. Matthew, the fourth chapter. We'll have Brother Corey read verse
1: 5 through 10. Matthew 4, verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up into an exceeding or into a holy city, and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. What are we seeing here,
0: brothers and sisters? In Matthew, the third chapter, Christ did what? Christ was baptized by John the Baptist. In in Matthew, the fourth chapter, he's led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, right? Satan takes him up to uh, the pinnacle of a temple and say, well, listen, throw yourself off of this, you know, throw yourself off of this pinnacle, right? Because why? The Bible says he'll give you control over the angels. So what is what is this? Brothers and sisters, just because they have the Bible open or they quote a scripture doesn't mean they're doing it right. It doesn't mean that they're not the devil. Because here it was, Satan is using the scripture. This is actually scripture in Psalms, brothers and sisters, that he wouldn't allow the angels would protect you if you dash your foot upon a stone. So Satan knows the scriptures. So just because a Christian can quote John three sixteen. Doesn't mean that they're actually of God, brothers and sisters. Take a look at verse 7. Matthew 4 and 7. What did Christ say when Satan tried to tempt him as it pertained to throwing himself off of this pinnacle?
1: Christ said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So
0: he came back with
1: scripture. Verse 8. Again. The devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain. Listen to this. And showeth him all the kingdoms of the world. What did he show him? All the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him. What did he say brother? All these will I give thee. What did he say? All these will I give thee or all things will I give thee. If thou wilt fall down and worship me.
0: Look at this brothers and sisters. Look at this. He said, if you fall down and worship me, I will give you all of these kingdoms. He showed them every kingdom of the world. So guess what? Guess what, brothers and sisters? Job 9 and 24 said the, hand, the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. It's being proven right here. Did Christ say, well, no, nah, Satan, you're a liar. You don't have control over this, these kingdoms.
1: Can you read verse 10? Verse 10. Then Christ said unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. See that? So Christ didn't
0: Christ didn't claim that he was lying. He just rebuked him with scripture. You see that? So the earth is given into the hand of Satan. And Satan knows that. Because he told Christ he would be willing to give him all the kingdoms. Now, there's two things we saw there. Read verse 9, brother, please.
1: Matthew 4, 9. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if if thou fall down and worship me. If, the, if we do what? Fall down and worship me.
0: Satan desires worship, brothers and sisters. You see that? What you'll find out is that Christians, unknowingly, Christianity is built on devil worship, brothers and sisters, unknowingly. And I know some of these things, hearing these things, brothers and sisters, you may have never heard this before, but the Bible would teach the truth. We've been shackled. Christianity has shackled our people, brothers and sisters. It has never worked for us, brothers and sisters. Now, the Bible, yes. Brother Corey and I, of course, we believe in the Bible. We don't believe in Christianity. With the scriptures we just read, is Satan desired worship. He told Christ, I would give you this entire kingdom, these multiple kingdoms, if you worship me. Now, there's a couple of things there. According to the Bible, Satan knows that Christ is promised a kingdom when he comes back for the second time. When he comes and binds Satan, he will have a kingdom. So what did Satan do? Satan knew how to tempt Christ. He tempted Christ with something he knew that Christ wanted. You see that? See, so temptation is something that you actually want. Someone can't tempt you to eat gravel. Because you don't really like gravel like that. So what he tried to do is find out his natural desire. He knew Christ's natural desire. He knew that Christ was said to rule for a thousand years. He knew that. So he tempted Christ with that, brothers and sisters, and said, well, listen, you got to die to get that kingdom. I'll give it to you now. You have to die to get that kingdom. Okay, this way you don't have to die. This is what Satan always does. He always gives an alternative, a quicker alternative, brothers and sisters. You think it's quicker. It proves to be the long route. It proves to be the long way. We wanted to show you that what John, excuse me, Job 9 and 24 said Satan rules the earth. And according to Matthew, the fourth chapter, when he offers Christ, all of these kingdoms, it's true. So we need to set the stage there, okay? We need to set the stage there because why? Many people say, well, no, the commandment keepers, Brother Sid, Brother Corey, they're crazy. All these people sitting up in church, all the people that I knew were good people. These people are not worshiping the devil. They're wrong, brothers and sisters. I wish we were wrong. I wish we were wrong, brothers and sisters, but the shackles come off today. Let's go to John, brother. Gospel, John 5. Listen to the scriptures closely, brothers and sisters. The title of today's lesson,
1: The Christian Deception. John 5 and 39. Search the scriptures. Do what? Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Brothers and sisters, this particular text has a wealth of knowledge there. What did Christ say, Do brother? Search the scriptures. Why? For in them ye think ye have eternal life. No, for in them you have eternal life. You think ye have eternal life. Look at that.
0: He's saying you need to you need to study again. Okay? Because you think you have eternal life. Go into those scriptures again. You see that, brothers and sisters? <laughs> what, what was the next part, brother? And they are they which testify of me. What is he saying? He's, sa- he's telling them to search the scriptures. What scriptures is he talking about, brothers and sisters? The Old Testament. See, we know there was no New Testament when Christ was walking around. So when he's telling our people to search the scriptures, he's saying, search the Torah, search the Tanakh. See, there was New Testament came out many years (laughs) after Christ had died already. Okay, brothers and sisters. So we wanted to show you that Christ, Christ, brothers and sisters, Christ believed in the Old Testament. He knew the validity of the Old Testament and he told them to search it. Why? Because you think you have eternal life. And see, that's the danger. That's the danger, brothers and sisters, because usually when you learn one plus one, you don't go back to learn it again. Christians think they've learned one plus one. They think they've learned what salvation is. And see, that's the danger. That's the danger is that when you think, you know, you never go back to make sure. That would be a miscalculation, brothers and sisters. Christ said, search the Old Testament. Search the scriptures. What scriptures is he talking about? Anyone who studies the Bible knows that there was no New Testament when Christ was walking. (laughs) Okay? So when Christ went into scriptures, he never went into New Testament scriptures. He went into Old Testament scriptures. Every time. Brothers and sisters, we will search the scriptures today. Old Testament, New Testament, Apocrypha. We're going to search the scriptures today. Let's go to John 7 and 38, brother. Let's go there.
1: John 7 and 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water.
0: Brothers and sisters, are you listening to what
1: Brother Corey is breaking down here? Can you read that again? John 7 and 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. No, as Brother Sid says. As the scripture hath said.
0: No, how the commandment keepers say.
1: As the scripture hath said. No, how my pastor says. The scripture hath said. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. If you believe on him as the scripture have
0: said, brothers and sisters, we're going to go into a plethora
1: of scriptures that are easy
0: to understand, okay? it's We're going to challenge you. We're going to challenge you today, brothers and sisters. Is what you learned in church our whole entire life, does it add up to what we're going to read today? Believe on me as the scripture have said, not as your pastor said, Not as your mother said, not as your grandmother said, as the scripture have said, brothers and sisters, we're going to go into what the scripture have said. No emotion. We'll take the emotion out. Okay. no philosophy. Straight scriptures. And anyone who followed our church for any time knows that there's probably not many churches that go into more scriptures than us. In each lesson, we're going into about 30 to 40 scriptures each lesson. I don't know many. I've never seen or been a part of any church that's that's doing that, brothers and sisters. Because why? I'm a servant just like you. Brother Corey is a servant just like you. Okay. And you don't have to follow what we're saying. You have to follow what the scripture is saying. So in love, brothers and sisters, we're going to show you what the scripture I'm saying. Can you read
1: that again? John 7 and 38, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water.
0: Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What is that saying, brothers and sisters? <laughs> what is that saying, brothers and sisters? Living water, it's a flow. When you believe as the scripture has said, you're always bringing forth your testimony. You're always talking to people about Christ. Okay, you're always trying to win souls. Why? Because you believe as the scripture has said. Christians are not even doing this because they can't defend themselves. That's the thing that really perturbs me about Christians is that anytime I've wanted to sit down with Christians, they won't even go into the scriptures. They won't even go into the scriptures because they don't know the scriptures. I always ask a Christian, well, what scripture is that, brother? Well, it's in there. See? So the, the Satan won't even allow most Christians to to go into the Bible and look for the scriptures that they claim are there. We're going to prove that today. Let's go to Matthew 5, brother. Christ said, believe on him as the scripture has said. Okay. Let's see. How did the scripture say to believe on him?
1: Matthew 5 and 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law, Or the prophets. I am come not to destroy, but to fulfill. What did Christ say? I am come not to destroy, but to fulfill.
0: Look at that. What's the law, brothers and sisters? The law is the Torah. First five books of the Bible, also named the Pentateuch. And then he said the prophets. What's the prophets? That's the Tanakh. The Torah and Tanakh is the whole Old Testament. He said, don't think that I came to do away with the law. (laughs) Okay? Here Christ highlights what? His support. For the Mosaic Laws. You see that? He said, I didn't come to destroy it, I came to fulfill it, which means I came to do what was in it. That's how you fulfill. If if your boss have a list of things <laughs> for you to do, fulfill means to do it, right? Now a Christian will say, Yeah, he did away with it. He did away with it, he fulfilled it. He nailed it to the cross.
1: Let's see. Did he fulfill it? Verse eighteen. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Till what? Till all be fulfilled. Till some of it be fulfilled. Till
0: all be fulfilled. See? What's that say, pastor? The... What does that say? Christ said, listen, is there stars? Is there a moon? Is there a sun in the sky? If it is, then the law stands. See? So compliance to the Mosaic law has not changed because I have come. You see what Christ is saying here, brothers and sisters? He's telling you the new covenant did not negate the need for obedience to God. Let's read those two scriptures again, please.
1: Matthew 5 and 17. Think not that I I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come not to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you. Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law. Till all be fulfilled.
0: He's saying the law stands until all is fulfilled. Did Christ come back for the, did, did he do a second coming yet? Okay, then everything hasn't been fulfilled, right? Continue.
1: Verse 19. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so. Look at this. He said if you break the commandments and teach them. When he said the least commandments, that's the ten.
0: Okay? That's the ten, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time?
1: Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. The least where? In the kingdom of heaven. Mm. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Look at that. He's emphasizing how our keeping of God's laws affects
0: our future position in the kingdom. He said those who break these commands and teach other men to do it. Well, you don't have to follow the law. He said you're the least. <laughs> OK, you are the least. He said those who teach that don't that not only do them, but teach other brethren to do it shall be great in the kingdom. So his phraseology indicates he sensed that some thought he was advocating to eradicate the law. When he says, think not, don't even put it. Listen, don't even think about it. Don't even put that in your in your mindset. See, brothers and sisters, why is he saying it like that? Because he knows people would come and say that because Christ came, you don't have to follow the law. Christ said, listen, I didn't come to break the law. I came to do what was in the law. And as long as there are heavens, as long as there are stars in the sky, a moon in the sky, a sun in the sky, the law stands. That means fornication will always be wrong. That means murder will always be wrong. Okay? That means lying will always be wrong. Let a Christian tell it, because Christ came and died, we can lie, steal, kill, all this. Be a homosexual, all this. Today we take take the shackles off. Brothers and sisters Today the Bible takes the shackles off We're just servants These scriptures were here already We didn't make these scriptures We just read them Brothers and sisters So this is how we help our people Let's go to Matthew 19 brother A lot of New Testament for you Bible thumpers You New Testament thumpers Matthew 19 and 16
1: Matthew 19 verse 16 and behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? He said, What can I do to have eternal life? Verse 17. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandment. Do what? Keep the commandment. Look at
0: that. Christ tells him he must do something not just believe to gain salvation, brothers and sisters. See, we must not be deficient of the compliance that the law requires. This is Christ saying, it doesn't get any clearer than this, brothers and sisters. The brother asked him, what can I do to receive eternal life?
1: And what did he say, brother? And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, Keep the commandments. Keep the commandments,
0: brothers and sisters. If there's anything that would impede your obedience, eradicate it now. If there's anything impeding your obedience, extinguish it now, brothers and sisters. Let all that call themselves followers of Christ depart from iniquity, from sin. See, this is how you get in, brothers and sisters. You do what? You keep the commandments. You see that? So you take this back to your grandmother. You take this back to your father, to your mother. You take this back to those deacons and them pastors and bishops that told you not to follow the law. See, we're going to break down all of their lies. We're going to go into their core doctrines, their core teachings and prove that it's a lie after lie after lie. He said, if you want to make it into eternal life, do what? Keep the commandments. Let's see. Let's go to Revelations 22. Let's see, brothers and sisters. Should we follow the law? Do I need to follow the law to have eternal life? Let's see. We're going to read Revelations 22, verse 14 and 15.
1: Revelation 22 and 14. Blessed are they that do his command. What did that say, brother? Blessed are they that do his command. This verse
0: pronounces a blessing on all who separate from their sins. You see that, brothers and sisters? Now, guess what? This was prophetic. So I heard a brother tell me, well, the new covenant started when Christ died. So after Christ died, they didn't follow the law. Well, what about this prophetic text? What about this? What did it say?
1: Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life Mm. and may enter in through the gates into the city.
0: Only the obedient will be entitled to approach the tree of life, brothers and sisters. You see that? The tree of life. Remember that tree? He said only those who follow my instruction. Okay. According to the text, sinners will not be permitted citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Can you read the next scripture, brother?
1: Revelation twenty-two and fifteen. For without, for without are dogs and, sor- and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a
0: lie. Look at this. He's saying these people: sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, people who love to lie. They will not be entitled to the tree of life. Access for those who are non-compliant would be unmerited. Brothers and sisters. It it doesn't get any clearer than that. See? So even John, in the last book of the Bible, is telling you, (laughs) sinners will not get in. See? Let a Christian tell you, listen, the law is done away with. Okay? (laughs) I don't have to follow the law. I can break every law there and I can go into the kingdom of heaven. See this? The shackles come off today, brothers and sisters. Shackles come off. Let's go to John 14, brother. Notice this is all New Testament, brothers and sisters. For those Christians. John 14 and
1: 21. John 14 and 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he hath... He it is
0: that loveth me. I asked a Christian, how do you love? I I spoke to a brother today. Brothers and sisters. Christian brother. Good brother. Just, you know, needs to study more. I asked the brother, how do you love God? It was silent on the phone for about 35 seconds. Brothers and sisters. He didn't know what to say. Brothers and sisters. Ask your family. Ask your Christians. You love God? Yeah, yeah, I love God. How do you show him you love him? And hear what the answer is, brothers and sisters. How do you love God? Can you
1: read that again? 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be love of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him.
0: Look at that. Love is the root desire of conformance to the criteria of Christ. See, we follow the laws because we love Christ. We love the Most High. Christ gave up his life for us so the the least I can do is follow the law that's the least I can do you see that brothers and sisters see so you ask those Christians how do you love the most high hmm how do you do that they don't have an answer brothers and sisters this is key he said those who have the commandments and keep them that's how you show your love Remember? with your mom and dad or grandma when birthdays came up and your parents said listen you don't need to give me no gift I'm your father boy I'm your mother just do what I said. <laughs> how many times we heard that how many people are saying that to their kids right now see now that's critical because God hate people who don't keep his commandments Yes, God hate you God hates you. We're going to prove that. Well, not God love everybody. Does he? Does God love everybody? Let's go to Proverbs 8 and 17. Why? Because Christ said, I only reveal myself in my wisdom to the obedient. That's what Christ said. The question is, does God love everybody? Let's see. What does that say?
1: Proverbs 8 and 17. Who does God love, Brother Corey? I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find
0: me. He don't love everybody, brothers and sisters. He only loves those that love him. See? So Christians are misinterpreting John (laughs) 3.16. Okay? You're misinterpreting because God don't love you. If you scorn his
1: law. Who does he love? I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Those who seek
0: me early. What's that mean? Early in your life. Don't wait until you're 60. Okay? Because the Bible is so vast. The truth is so vast that it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime, brothers and sisters. We wanted to show you that God does not love everybody. He loves those those who love Him. Now, the question is, how do you love Him? John 14 and 15. How do you love Him? Because he only loves those who love him. So let's start this. Because Christians uh, have misconstrued who
1: God actually is. There's no fear of God. John fourteen and fifteen. How do you love God? If ye love me, keep my commandments. No, no, pay tithes. Keep my commandments. No, pray, pray. Keep my command. No, do charity. Keep my commandments. See
0: that? That's the only way. If you love him, you keep his commandments. You don't say, well, yeah, I love you, but I'm not going to do what you say. It doesn't work that way, brothers and sisters. It does not work that way. See, Proverbs 8 and 17 said, I love those who love me. Um, Well, how do you love them? Keeping the commandments, brothers and sisters. See? So that's the first lie we need to get out the way. Okay? That Christ... Follow the law. The disciples followed the law. See, so let's get the first core doctrine out. That we don't need to follow the law. According to the Bible, New Testament, all throughout the manuscript, He says, follow my commandments. Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. So how are they pulling this veil over our eyes to make us believe we don't need to follow law, brothers and sisters? No longer are you going to deceive our people, these pastors. No longer are we going to allow you to deceive our people. We're going to reveal who you are. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians, brethren, 2 and 10. New Testament. See? Because why? Christians, if you try to go into the Old Testament, <laughs> they'll use that as an excuse. So listen, we use the whole Bible. New Testament, Old Testament, Right? apographer, and we will do such today.
1: 2 Thessalonians 2 and 10 And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish It's telling you, those who
0: perish are because they've been deceived, right? Because they received not the love of the truth mm. that they might be saved. They didn't receive the love of the truth. See, brothers and sisters, this is love what we're doing. We love you. For you to follow the law doesn't help, Brother Corey, or I. <laughs> okay, we're not telling you to f- do something for us. It's for you, because this is the this is love, brothers and sisters. This is love tells the truth. That means even though you may not like me, or like Brother Corey, even though you may not like us, we have an invest we have a vested interest in your future that we will be willing to bring out a truth we know will make you dislike us.
1: See? That's correction. Can you read that again, brother? 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Okay, they didn't receive the love of the truth, but what happened? Verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions. Since they don't want to hear the truth, what happened? For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they they should believe a lie.
0: God would send a strong delusion. See, Christians are delusional. Okay, they're delusional. And God allowed it. Why? Because they kept, they wouldn't acquiesce. They would not capitulate, brothers and sisters. They would not capitulate to the truth, to what God's rules are, what God's regulations are. They ignored them. Our people knew what the truth was. We knew pork was unclean. We knew the Sabbath was Saturday. We knew God's name was I Am. But yet we allowed pastors to do what? To tell us it doesn't matter. Christians are under a strong delusion. That means that they would believe a lie. So he said it doesn't even have to make sense for Christians and they'll believe it. And see, that's the danger. That it, de- there, it doesn't even have to make sense. And Christians will say, well, God could do anything. <laughs> so no matter how flag- flagrant, flagrantly ignorant their statement is, or what they believe, they'll cover that up with, well, can't God do everything? God can do everything, but he wouldn't. Because he's God. The Bible tells you that Christians are under strong delusion. And this isn't just black Christians. All Catholics and Christians are under a strong delusion. That's white people. That's Mexican people. That's native people. It doesn't matter who it is. If you're a Christian or a Catholic, you are under a strong delusion. It's easy to lie to you. We're going to show you they lied, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Let's go to Malachi brother, 3 and 6. Let's see the lie they told. Let's see the lie they told, brothers and sisters.
1: Malachi 3 and 6. For I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinance. Read 6 one more time, brother, please. Verse 6. For I am the Lord. I change not. Oh, no. It's the New Testament now. I change. I change not. No, the
0: Old Testament is done away with. I change not. Look at that. The Bible tells you he does not change. From Old Testament to New Testament, brothers and sisters. He does not change. Okay? So we wanted to break that down. We needed to bring that out. Okay? Why? Because the next scripture we go to, Christians will say, well, that was in the Old Testament. So we wanted to set the stage. We wanted to set the stage to show you that the Bible says Malachi 3 and 6, God never changes. He doesn't change his mind. So if he doesn't change his mind, then what about Exodus 20 and 8 then? What about Exodus 20 and 8? Let's go there.
1: Does this still stand, Christians? Exodus 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Do what? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. How do you do that? Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. The
0: seventh day? When is that, brothers and sisters? Saturday. I asked the brother <laughs> the other day. When? When's the first day of the week? The brother. <laughs> the brother said Monday. I'm like, brother, if you can't tell me when the first day of the week is, <laughs> okay. He said, keep the Sabbath day holy. Now, brothers and sisters, this is the only commandment he ever said, remember. See, all the other commandments of the 10, he never said, remember, because he knew we would forget this one. The Sabbath day is on Saturday, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, brothers and sisters. Okay, we want to put that out there. Because why? Christians are going to church on Sunday, which is the first day of the week. So Malachi, he said, listen, I didn't change. I didn't change. You changed. I've stayed the same. I have stayed the same. Can you read those scriptures again, brother?
1: Exodus 20 verse 9 or 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do nothing. Do any work or not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. Look at this, brothers and sisters. So not only are you
0: not supposed to work, you're not supposed to do any banking. Okay? You're not supposed to make money or spend money. On the Sabbath. You see that, brothers and sisters? You're not supposed to... Do either of those things. Now, you do have grace if your job, say, well, listen, Brother Cord, come to work or you're fired. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to use my grace to do that, but I'm still not going to spend money. And the moment I can get the Sabbath off, I would do this, that. I would do just that. See? Are we supposed to follow the Ten Commandments, Christians? Because this is the Ten Commandments. See? This Ten Commandments. If I don't have to follow this, then you know what? I might as well be a homosexual. I might as well kill, steal. I might as well do all that. I might as well have an idol, a Buddha, that I bow down to. Because you're saying I don't have to follow the Old Testament. You're saying I don't have to follow the Ten Commandments. See? So Christians do all the other ones, but this one. Why? Why is that? Why do you not kill? Why do you not steal? Why do you not deal with idolatry? But when it comes to the 10th uh, verse in Exodus, where he says, the seventh day is the Sabbath. Why don't you adhere to that? Why don't you capitulate to that? Hmm? Followers to Genesis 1, brothers and sisters. Genesis 1, let's go to the beginning. Why? Because we already learned that Exodus 20 and 8 said, Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. When does the Sabbath start? Let's go to Genesis, the first chapter, the fifth verse. We're going to help you today. We're going to help you. Genesis 1 and 5.
1: Genesis 1 verse 5. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And the what? And the evening and the morning were the first day. According to the Bible, the evening is the
0: beginning of the day.
1: Brothers and sisters, the evening. So
0: the, so when the sun goes down, it's a new day. See that, brothers and sisters? not at 12.01. <laughs> at 12.01, nothing changes. Okay, from 12 to 12.01. So according to God, when the sun goes down, it is the beginning of a new day. Brothers and sisters. Okay, so that means the Sabbath starts on Friday, sundown, right? It doesn't start on Saturday at 1201. It starts when the sun goes down. Now, the sun goes down at different times throughout the year. So, the only thing you would have to do is find out when it's sundown. In the winter, it goes down quicker. In the summer, it's out longer, right? So, we're showing you that the Sabbath is Saturday. Saturday begins on Friday night at sundown, brothers and sisters. So remember, Malachi said, I don't change. I don't change. So that means he doesn't change as it pertains to the Sabbath either. Okay? Let us prove why. Genesis 2 and 2, brother. What's that say?
1: Genesis 2 verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day. No, he blessed the first day. And God blessed the seventh day. No, he blessed every day, brother. The seventh day. And sanctified. What
0: sanctified means? Set apart?
1: Because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made.
0: Look at that. This particular day should be sequestered, brothers and sisters, according to God. Because it was sequestered from him. Right? He rested on the seventh day. He didn't rest on the first day. See, this is Satan. If God say on the last day of the week, you rest. Satan said, "Well, no, we're going to do it on the first day of the week. That don't even make sense. Why would somebody rest on the first day of the week? You want to start the first day off resting? No, you're supposed to start. You're supposed to end the week off resting. Sunday is the first day of the week, brothers and sisters. Go look at a calendar. Christ said, or excuse me, the Most High said he ended his work on the seventh day. So he asked you not to work. Why? Because he didn't work. Are you better than God? See? Now, why did I go here? I went here for those Christians who say, well, Moses' law is done away with. There was no Moses right here. So that was a law well before the law <laughs> of Moses. Show on you, brothers and sisters. There was a law well before Leviticus. Can you read that again, brother?
1: Verse two. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And? And God blessed the seventh day. What did he do, brother? He blessed the seventh day.
0: See, Christians can't change the day that he blessed. You see that? So when brother Corey and I are having church, or our church is having church on the Sabbath, or we're able to just rest... And going to scriptures even at home by ourselves. God is communicating with us. And this is the thing. Christians haven't even, you know, they haven't even sanctified Sunday. They're still spending money on Sunday. I would have more respect if they said, well, listen, we changed the day to Sunday, but we don't work. We don't spend no money. We don't go out to eat after church. (laughs) I would respect that. See, because it's not just what day you go to church. A brother don't even need to be in church. But you're not supposed to be working. You're not supposed to be spending any money. You're not supposed to be getting gas. You're not supposed to go to the corner store to get a soda on the Sabbath. You have to do all of that on Friday before the sun goes down, brothers and sisters. Okay? Why? Because God said so. That's why. God said he blessed the seventh day, not the first day, brothers and sisters. See? You see that, brothers and sisters? Further proof. Let's go to Leviticus. Now let's go to the law. Let's go to Moses law. We want to, We first wanted to start off with Adam. Okay. <laughs> this was a law from Adam. We're going to Leviticus 23. We'll have Brother Corey read verse 3.
1: Leviticus 23 and 3. Six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. A holy
0: convocation is a holy gathering. See, we're supposed to gather on the Sabbath.
1: Ye shall do no, no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. In where? In all your
0: dwellings. See, it doesn't matter where you live at. Because I've heard brothers say, well, nah, you're only supposed to keep the Sabbath if you live in Israel. What scripture is that, brother? He said, the Sabbath in all your dwellings. I don't care if you're a slave to the white man. See? You see that, brothers and sisters? So, this is Leviticus. This is Moses' record. Genesis. It was in Genesis, <laughs> the second chapter, brothers and sisters. It was in the second chapter of the Bible. And Satan said, well, no, we're going to do it on Sunday. We're going to do it on the first day of the week. And guess what, brothers and sisters? What's going on on Saturday? The sales are going on, the clubs, the parties, Friday night, what's going on? Just desecrating the Most High's day. And then Sunday comes and everything's quiet. Everything's slow. Things are opening up late. They're closing early. So look at the earth, giving it to the hand of the wicked. (laughs) See? On the Sabbath in heaven, it's quiet, but the earth is loud. It's a a party. The whole earth is, is a party. And then on Sunday, on Satan's day, it's quiet. Chick-fil-A is closed. The mall, you know, opens late, closes early. The post office is closed, see? The earth is given into the hand of the wicked, brothers and sisters. You see that? So the first thing you can do as a Christian is at least get the day right. See, this is why we can't learn from Christians. Because, Pastor, if you don't know when the first day of the week is, we need to just roll up out of here. If you don't know when the first day of the week is, okay, Sunday is the first day of the week. See? Let's go to Luke 24, brother, because what do they say? They say, well, because Christ rose on Sunday, because he rose on Sunday, we changed the day to Sunday. Okay, well, let's see. Let's go to Luke 24.
1: Luke 24, verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away with the sepulcher. No, they saw Christ. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they, they entered in, and found not the body of the Lord Christ. So according to the Bible, You're saying he
0: rose on Sunday, but the Bible says when they went there very early in the morning, he was not there. You see that, brothers and sisters? Lie after lie after lie. Christ did not rise on Sunday, brothers and sisters. Okay? (laughs) Lie after lie after lie. Even if he did rise on Sunday, brothers and sisters. When you pull up that word first right here in this particular text, brothers and sisters, in the Greek, in the Greek, it says a day between Sabbaths. That's what it says. That first that that first is not even there, brothers and sisters. It says a an interval between Sabbath. So he, he definitely didn't rise on a Sunday, brothers and sisters. If he died on Good Friday, Good Friday, how do you get three days between Friday and Sunday? It's not possible. Friday, so Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, one day. Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, one day. Saturday sundown to Sunday sundown, two days. Sunday sundown to what? Monday sundown, that's three days. You see? So they can't even count. (laughs) Pastor, listen, Pastor, if you don't get it calculated, Okay? If you can't count, Pastor, it's, I'm surprised that you can't count when you've been counting all our people's money. I'm surprised. See, on the first day of the week, he was not there, according to this text. And we didn't even go into the Greek. Just in the English, the scriptures that they use is not the truth, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew 28. See, we're going to pull the covers off today. We're going to pull the covers off today. The shackles, the shackles are are coming off today. Matthew
1: 28 verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. Look at this. As it began to dawn, right? Came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. So look at this. She came early. (laughs) The end of the
0: Sabbath. Early Sunday, Right? She was not, uh, excuse me, he was not there. According to what we're reading right here. You see that, brothers and sisters? So these are the scriptures they go to. These are the scriptures they go to and say, well, we do it on Sunday because he rose on Sunday. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. It says an interval between Sabbath, brothers and sisters. Okay. Now. Hypothetically, let's say, you know what, you're right. We we changed it because, or the disciples changed it because Christ rose again on Sunday. So that means what? That means what? That means we should be able to go to, you know, Acts and and Romans and all these other books after Christ had already risen, uh, after died, and they should be doing Sunday worship, right? See, that's where you get them. (laughs) I asked the brother that one time. He said, well, now, nah, since Christ died, they changed it to Sunday. I said, okay, brother. So let's go to see what the disciples were doing after Christ died. They should have changed it on Sunday, right? Let us show you what was going on on Sunday, brothers and sisters. Let us show you why the Christians have changed it to Sunday. Let's go to Corinthians, brother. 1 Corinthians 16. Let us show you. These are scriptures they go to. These are the scriptures they go to to try to convince you that Sunday worship is okay. 1
1: Corinthians 16 and 1 Now concerning the collection for the saints Concerning what? The collection for the saints The collection? As I have given order to the churches of Galatia even so do ye upon the first day of the week let every one of you lay by him in store as God had per- prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come.
0: Look at this. See, this is a scripture they'll go to. See, on the first day of the week. What they do is they go to any scripture that says first day of the week, brothers and sisters. So they just do a word search and look for first day of the week and then they go there and try to say that that's that's replacing this sabbath This is telling you what? Can you read verse one again, brother?
1: Now concerning the collection for the saints. So this was collecting the money right as i have given order to the churches of galatia even so do ye upon the first day of the week let every one of you lay by him in store see he said on the first day of
0: the week right put your money aside why so when i come there on the a sabbath there's no gathering money why because you can't spend money on the sabbath <laughs> see so this is a traveling church paul is saying listen galatians Go ahead and get the money together now so you don't have to be given and transferring money when I get there on the Sabbath to teach. Further proof that the disciples were following the Sabbath. See, because the collection, the money was being collected on the first day of the week, not on the Sabbath. See, so because you can collect it on the on the Sunday, they said, you know what? Let's just put church on the day that we can collect it. <laughs> See? As it pertained to collecting money for the churches, for Paul's travel, right? They did the collection on Sunday or what they, it wasn't called Sunday at that time, but you know, it was called day one, the first day. See, because why? Paul would be there on that following Sabbath, which was Friday night. And guess what? He would need money, (laughs) So you couldn't go to, to brothers' houses and gather money on the Sabbath. You can't do that. You've got six other days to do that, brother. See? See, these are the scriptures they go to, brothers and sisters. We'll go there first. Brother Corey, let's go to Acts 13. Because why? The, the Christians said that they changed the Sunday after Christ died and rose, right? Okay. Let's go there. Let's, let's prove it. Let's see, after Christ died, did they still go to church on the Sabbath? Or did they change it to Sunday? Acts 13 and 42. We'll read 42 through 44. Acts 13 and 42. Now, anyone who knows the Bible knows Christ has already died in Acts,
1: right? And when the Jews were going out of the synagogue. The Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Look at that, brothers and sisters. (laughs) What did they say, brother? And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. See, we cornered you up
0: because Christians will try to say, well, the Sabbath is for Jews. The Bible tells you the Gentiles were looking to be taught on the Sabbath also. It didn't say they were looking to be taught on Sunday or the first day of the week. It said they were looking for, they were looking to be uh, taught the next Sabbath. Continue, brother, please.
1: Verse 43. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came, almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. No, the next Sunday. And the next Sabbath day. No, the the next Tuesday. The next Sabbath day. What happened, brother? Came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. They
0: came. They came to hear the word of God on the Sabbath, brothers and sisters. You see that? This New Testament. See this New Testament. This after Christ have already died. <laughs> this is after Christ have already died and risen. See, the disciples did not change it to Sunday. They were following the Sabbath. And the Gentiles were following the Sabbath too. So even if you're a Gentile, follow the Ten Commandments. This is observe the Sabbath. See? See, they would never expect you to go there. They believe that, you know what? Since Christ rose on Sunday, we changed to Sunday. No, nah, that's not true. The disciples never did it on the first day of the week. Because Christ said, you know, and Christ didn't say change the Sabbath
1: because he he rose on the day. We're going to read those three scriptures again. Acts 13 and 42. Take this to your pastor. And when the Jews were going out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God.
0: Now, there's two things going on. Gentiles were not teaching, okay? (laughs) So, I want to point that out. (laughs) The Jews, the Israelites were doing the teaching. So, you're not going to be a Gentile and tell Jews, tell us, tell our people what day we should be worshiping on. You better back up. You better back on up, brother. Why? Because the Jews were the teachers. Okay? Continue, brother.
1: Verse 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God.
0: Look at that. The next Sabbath, the whole city came to hear the word of God. See? Do you see them, brothers and sisters? We are just pointing it out. Lie after lie after lie. Even after Christ died and had risen, they were still observing the Sabbath. See? Further proof. Let's go to Acts fifteen, brother. Fifteen and twenty one. Brothers and sisters, I really hope I really hope your eyes, I hope the scales are falling off, okay?
1: Acts fifteen verse one or twenty one. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. They preach Moses w- doing what? For Moses of old time hath in every city that every city them that preach him.
0: So they have people in every city teaching what? Moses. <laughs> Where's Moses' books at? Is that in the Old Testament? See that? See. So, during the time of Christ, they were learning from the Old Testament. He said that Moses, the Moses of old time, the old brother, Moses, that led us out of Egypt, in every city you had brothers preaching Moses' doctrine. You see that? So, when the Christians come with this garbage that, you know, we're not supposed to deal with the Old Testament, what do you think the disciples were dealing with? What do you think Christ was dealing with? There was no New Testament. See? See? Can you read that again, brother?
1: Verse 21. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him. That preach him. Being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Every
0: Sabbath day. See? The teaching was going on the Sabbath. Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Not Sunday. Brothers and sisters. So in this particular text. Short text. But it's it's, it's power packed because it tells you they taught Moses's records which is what the law (laughs) okay Genesis Exodus Leviticus Deuteronomy called the Pentateuch see where's the law at Leviticus they were teaching that every Sabbath see that I hope brothers and sisters are, are are humble enough to correct themselves because I've I've met brothers and sisters That for the sake of not wanting to be wrong, they'll see these scriptures and still go against you, even though they can't prove otherwise. For those here in our broadcast, I'm hoping, I'm praying that those who frequent our channel are people who apply truth. That even if the truth you're learning goes against your past tradition, that you would be willing to change for the most High. That you would be willing to apply new knowledge from the Most High. This is Acts, well after the Gospel. See, this is already the New Covenant. How do we know? Acts, the second chapter, first fruits, Pentecost. You remember that? When the Holy Spirit came down on these brothers. And they all started speaking in tongues. That was part of the New Covenant, brothers and sisters. That was Acts 2. This is Acts 15. So that was well after... First fruits, or what we call Pentecost, okay? See? We just want to prove that. Let's go to Revelations 14, brother. Let's go to Revelations 14 and 12.
1: I'm going to read this, again, brothers and sisters. Revelation 14, verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Christ. Read that again, brother. Here is the patience of the saints. What is it, brother? Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Christ. Look at that. You see how you
0: can't separate keeping the commandments of God and the faith of Christ? (laughs) See, Christians have taught you you only need faith. Your faith is in the law. It's that you're following the law. See? This is Revelations talking about keeping God's commandments and faith in Christ. I really hope you're examining this, brothers and sisters. This is well after Christ. See? This is prophetic text where he's saying that, listen, you're going to be keeping the commandments. Even when Christ comes back, you're going to be keeping the commandments. (laughs) You think you're going to go to heaven and do what you want? (laughs) Who would want to live lawless? Who would want to live in a place where there's no law? Brothers and sisters, it's time. It's time to take the shackles off. Our people will look at you like, I'm fine. Don't take these shackles off me. I'm good. Don't take these shackles off. It's our people. Strong delusion. You're going to be held responsible today. Because we're gonna bring the truth all the way out, and you will be responsible going forward, brothers and sisters. Now let's go to the next doctrine. Virgin birth. Right? We just dealt with the law, we dealt with Sunday worship. Now let's go into virgin birth, brothers and sisters. Right? Christians tell you that Christ didn't have a physical father, that Mary was an was a virgin as if she, you know, never dealt with a man before, right? Remember that brothers and sisters? Let's go to Isaiah 7 and 14. We're going to break this down because that's a lie. That's a lie, brothers and sisters. We're going to Isaiah 7 and 14.
1: Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel.
0: Emmanuel means God with us. This is the prophecy of the Old Testament, that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now Christians are like, see? She was a virgin. Okay. Let's see if she was a virgin in the way you think she was a virgin. Because I think every scripture in the Bible is valid and true. You just don't understand the words or scriptures. You don't know the definitions of words in in Israel, okay? You're trying to put a Western world American spin on a word that had nothing to do, where there was no America at that time, okay? Can you read that again, brother?
1: Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. A virgin shall conceive.
0: Right. We agree with that. Let's go to Matthew two. Because we're gonna break down this this doctrine, this this lies that they're teaching. We're gonna go to Matthew two and one through
1: two. Matthew two verse one. Now when Christ was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him.
0: Now, brothers and sisters, what was the sign? Remember, remember, Isaiah 7 and 14 said what, brothers and sisters? Isaiah 7 and 14 said, read that one more time, please, brother.
1: Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive now and bear a son.
0: That, now that right there, brothers and sisters, I asked a Christian, it says there would be a sign. What's the sign? And don't tell me the sign was of a virgin because the wise men didn't see a virgin. How would, how would they know that she was a virgin? How would they know she's never dealt? A sign is something you see. It says, therefore, the Lord shall give you a sign. What was the sign? What was the sign? Matthew two and two was the sign. It wasn't a
1: virgin. <laughs> okay? What was the sign, brother? Matthew two verse two. Say, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. We have seen what? His star in the east and are come to worship him. Look at this. What the
0: sign was the star, brothers and sisters. Okay? The sign was actually the star. They didn't see Mary not, you know, get pregnant without a father. They saw a star. So that was the sign. See, Christians are, you know, (laughs) they have all this deep understanding of Christ's birth, but they don't even know what the sign was. Well, let's prove that the star was the sign, right? Let's go to Genesis 1 and 14, brother. Let's prove to our brothers and sisters that the sign was the star. It wasn't a pregnant virgin.
1: Genesis 1 and 14. And God said. Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven. To divide the days from the night. And let them be for signs. Let there be. For signs. Let there be. Let them be for signs. And for seasons. you see
0: that? Do you see that brothers and sisters? It tells you that the stars were for signs. Okay, so the sign from Isaiah seven and fourteen was the star. Okay? It was the star. Because we're gonna break that whole text down. We're not gonna skim through it carelessly. Let's go back, brother, Isaiah seven and fourteen, really quick. Cool. Brothers and sisters, we have <clears throat> we have a plethora of books around us right now. We're gonna go into some of these books, we're gonna go into some of these dictionaries, right? To help you out. Let's read that one more time. brother.
1: Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. A virgin. Now we've seen the sign. The virgin shall conceive. Now brothers and sisters.
0: We're going to prove that a virgin. In the Bible. Number one virgin has many meanings. But Christians are trying to use it as if it has this one meaning. That a woman who's never been touched before. That's a lie. That's not what this scripture is saying. We're going to read it. We have a dictionary here. Uh, we'll have Brother Corey read. We'll have Brother Corey read the uh, two definitions of virgin. We have a Zondervan Bible dictionary before us, and brothers and sisters.
1: And he has the word Virgin. A young, unmarried woman. A young, unmarried woman. It is also used figuratively to personify a city or a state.
0: Okay. So we know like the Virgin of Israel, right? What's What's the second uh, definition, brother?
1: A young woman of marriageable age. A, a what? A young woman of marriageable age, whether married or not.
0: A young woman of a marriageable age, whether married or not. Brothers and sisters, you're going to find out that virgin simply means young woman. So the first definition was what,
1: brother? A A young unmarried woman. A young unmarried woman. And the second one? A young woman of marriageable age. So look at that. So it
0: can mean a young woman of marriageable age, whether married or not. Now we have to do what, brothers and sisters? Let's, let's look at this word marriage, brothers and sisters. Because it said a young unmarried woman or a young woman of marriageable age, right, brothers and sisters? So now you would have to do what? You would have to go find marriage, brothers and sisters, right? We're going to have Brother Corey read that. We have the Bible dictionary here.
1: And he's going to tell us what according to God marriage is. Marriage is an intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent Consummated and continuously nourished. Consummated in what? Continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. By what? Sexual intercourse and perfected in a lifelong partnership.
0: Look at that. That's marriage, brothers and sisters. According to the text, marriage begins with intercourse. Intercourse, not, in, and we're not saying a one night stand. That's not what the scripture says. Let, I mean, that's not what the definition says. Read that one more time, brother, please.
1: Marriage is an intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent. They consent. Consummated and they continuously nourished. What
0: is consummation of the flesh? It's when two flesh become one,
1: right? Consummated and continuously nourished.
0: Continuously nourished.
1: By sexual intercourse.
0: Continuously nourished. See that? And what,
1: brother? And perfected in a lifelong partnership. You see that, brothers and sisters?
0: Marriage begins with intercourse. Okay? You cannot be married without intercourse. And we're going to prove that. So, you need to know what marriage is in the Bible, brothers and sisters. You need to know what marriage is. Marriage in the Bible is when two, when a man and a woman's flesh become one. That is the beginning of marriage. Let us prove that, brother. Because these Christians will think we're saying, Well, any person you sleep with is marriage. That's not what we're saying. The Bible says they must be continuously nourished. They must come to an agreement of a future plan to say, well, listen, we're going to be together forever and now consummate this marriage. See, without the consummation, it is not marriage, brothers and sisters. See, they taught us that what you needed to sign some papers with the government to be married. What scripture is that? We're going to show you according to God what marriage is. Okay? Let's go to Genesis 24, brother. We're going to go to Genesis 24 and 63 through 67. See, we're we're pulling out all their lies today, brothers and sisters. We've already went into the lies they told about the law, the lies they've told about the Sabbath. And now we're dealing with the virgin birth and what marriage is. We're going to see, according to God, what marriage is. Okay?
1: Genesis 24 and 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the even tide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw. And behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel.
0: Now remember, our father, this is our father and mother, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac and our mother
1: Rebecca right verse 65 for she had said unto the servant what did she say what man is this that walketh in the field to meet us and the servant has said it is my master
0: so Rebecca said who is this man coming towards us
1: right and what did the servant say and the servant said it is my master and what happened therefore she took a veil and covered herself she did what Took a veil and covered herself. She self. took
0: a veil and covered herself. This is where you get the veil from, brothers and sisters, at, at the wedding uh, ceremony. Why? Because you're supposed to be shamefaced before your man. Okay?
1: So we're showing you. Verse 66. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. Er, Isaac took her into the tent. And took Rebecca. And what? And Isaac took Rebecca, and she became his wife. And what? And she became his wife. And
0: she became his wife. See? Read 67 one more time, brother.
1: And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebecca, and she became his wife. And he loved her.
0: So, brothers and sisters, the Bible is not going to be graphic, okay? This is the Bible. It's history. It says that he took her into Sarah's tent and took her, took her, and she became his wife. When did she become his wife? After he took her, brothers and sisters. See, that's in the Bible. Now, there was no ceremony because why? The ceremony is optional. Okay, there doesn't have to be a ceremony, brothers and sisters. There doesn't have to be a brother, you know, talking about vows and all that. Okay, where is that in the Bible? We're showing you that marriage existed well before any government was organized. See, well before government was organized. So to make a to, to make the legitimacy of marriage, you know, uh, the union solely depend on government statutes, that would be irresponsible, brothers and sisters. That would be inappropriate to say it's not legitimate. Marriage is not legitimate unless you go before the government. What scripture is that? See. To make the legitimacy of a marriage union solely dependent on governmental statutes is to indirectly sanction the statutory de- definition of marriage, which may fluctuate, brothers and sisters. It's clear. She became his wife in the tent. Now, remember, they didn't know each other. She's never seen him before this day. See? She's never met him before. She became his wife when he took her, brothers and sisters. See, you see that, brothers and sisters. Go to John eight and thirty two, brothers and sisters. Go to John eight and thirty two. Now you're starting to understand the lie after lie after lie. Why did they teach? Listen, it's it's fornication if you don't do it, you know, if you don't sign paperwork. Why did they do that? Because after the abolition of slavery, the so called abolition. A lot of black men, a lot of white women wanted black men. So a lot of marriages started to go on, right? A lot of relationships started to go on. And they wanted a way to be able to uh, keep it numbered, right? So they could always be involved. Well, you would need to come to them. See? Of the devil. When our people were in slavery, what were they doing? They were jumping brooms. So you telling me that wasn't good enough? So in slavery, nobody was married then. Because they couldn't put on a white gown and a tuxedo. Read 32, uh, brother, please.
1: John 8 and 32. What's that say, brother Corey? And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Read
0: that again, brother, please.
1: And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Most
0: High considers a man and woman to be married at the moment. They engage in the consummation of the flesh. See, and the Bible tells you freedom always follows truth. See, freedom follows truth. Now, are we saying every person you go out and lay down with is is your marriage? No, what we're saying is that God, brothers, listen to me clearly. When you lay down with a sister, God God is holding you responsible to take care of her for the rest of her natural life. OK, because guess what? That sister didn't lay down with you to think she would never talk to you again. OK, so that's what we're saying. All this hopping and jumping around and all that. Now, nah. God said, if you lay down, you better take care of her for the rest of her natural life. That's take care of her emotionally. Right. That's to listen to her. Right. That's to provide for her. Right. All that. And if you're not willing to do that. Then back on up, brother, back on up. Cause see that act is for marriage, for married people. See, so that's what we're telling you. We're not saying every sister you've met in the club you're married to. No, what we're saying is that God believes in sister. You know, God believes that when you do that, you're making a commitment to marriage. That is marriage. It begins there. And and to prove that, if you get married the way that, you know, most Western worlds are, and you don't consummate the flesh, if you don't consummate it within 24 hours, that marriage can be annulled. Look it up. Without consummation of the flesh, the marriage can be annulled, which means erased like it never happened. You don't even need a divorce. It never happened. You see this, brothers and sisters? According to the Bible, marriage begins with intercourse. Further proof. Let's go to the book of Ruth, brother. Let's look at the story of Ruth and Boaz. Let's go to Romans, excuse me, Ruth 4 and 13, brother. What's that (coughs) saying? Ruth 4 and
1: 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son.
0: Read that again, brother,
1: please. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, he took Boaz uh, he took Ruth and she was his wife, right? What happened when she when he took her? And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Do you see that?
0: Look at the words. Boaz. Took Ruth and what, and she was his wife. And she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, she got pregnant. See, so she wasn't his wife before he took her, brothers and sisters. The Bible is clear that marriage is formed by the covenant between a man and a woman. Marriage begins with consummation of the flesh. Ruth is telling you this. Year. See that. Once you've laid down, you've made a lifelong agreement, a contract. So no, we're not saying every person you dealt with in the past you're married to. What we're telling you is that going forward, you'll be responsible to know that this is serious business. This, is just, this isn't something you can just do and jump all over the place. You're responsible to God. Because why? where I'm from, brothers would say, well, you know, I'm jumping around and all that, but I'm not married. You know, we just date. Nah, brother, what What do you mean date? What scripture is that? You're not dating, brother. You're married. <laughs> okay? See? So that's what the sister wanted. When she, you know, lay down with you, that's what she thought. That you guys were going to be together. There, I don't know any sister who would lay down thinking, you know, I'll never talk to him again. Nah. In the Bible, that is a, a covenant covenant. That's a covenant that you're making to be together, to live as a married couple. See, why didn't they tell us this? Why did they tell us I needed to go sign papers? See, when you sign papers, now government gets involved. So let's say God forbid something happened happen and you need to go your separate ways. Now a government, ha- an arbitrator have to come in and say, well, you know what? Take 50% of everything he has. Matter of fact, alimony. You need to pay $5,000 a month for the next two years. See, that's not of God. That's not of God. Or sometimes it's the woman because she's making more money. Now she's paying alimony to a man. See, now that's what happens when the government is involved. See, that's what happens when the government's involved. It's not of God. Government should not be in your in your marriage, brothers and sisters. Should not be. Your marriage is between you, your wife, or your husband, and God. You don't need any papers. Because what do those papers do? Those papers change your tax bracket too, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, it's about money. It's a business. Marriage is a business. Because now your tax bracket is different. The way your taxes come out is different. Why? Why does me selling this paper have anything to do with my taxes? See? Think about it, brothers and sisters. There's no difference between a brother and sister who walked down an aisle and a brother and sister who, you know, came together and and spoke to each other, made a covenant, and then went out to dinner and came home and consummated the flesh. That marriage is just as good as the other, according to God. Read 13 one more time, brother, please.
1: Ruth 4 and 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. So Boaz took Ruth, and she
0: was his wife, when he went in unto her. See that? So that's the Bible. Prove me wrong. Prove us wrong, brothers and sisters, that marriage doesn't begin with intercourse, that you need documents, you need paperwork. That's against God, brothers and sisters. That is against God. When you lay down with a brother or you lay down with a sister, right? You are responsible to God. So, sister, if you lay down with that brother, you're responsible to submit to that brother. okay? as a wife is to her husband. Okay? Brother, you are responsible to provide, protect, right? That sister. And there's not going to be an excuse. Well, I didn't give her a little ring. Nah, brother. Nah. You're responsible to God, brother. See, and if our kids knew this, they would be more responsible. Because they would know. See? They would know. A father would say, well, listen, hold up. Look. <laughs> okay. If you think you're gonna take my daughter out, where's your plan at, brother? Where's your plan? Over in a lot of those other areas in the Middle East, you had to have certain money in your bank account and all that. You had to have a place to take your woman, right? All that. So you couldn't just be stand, you know, at your mom's house on the couch, <laughs> okay? And sleep with all these women and, and saying, Well that's my wife. That's my wife. Every woman I slept with is my wife. No, brother, you're a fornicator, okay? You're a whoremonger. That ain't marriage, brother. Marriage is you making a commitment with a sister or a brother. A lifelong commitment and consummating the flesh, whether there's a ceremony or not. You're responsible to God, whether there's a ceremony in a white dress or not. Now, why are we bringing this up, brothers and sisters? Why are we bringing this up? Let's go to Genesis 24. Because remember, we started with what? Showing you what the word virgin meant. Now, let's prove to you virgin just means young lady. Let's go there. Let's go to Genesis 24 and 43. The Bible dictionary told us that what? The Bible dictionary told us that the word virgin means young woman. Let's prove it.
1: Genesis 24 and 43. Behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. Look at this, brothers and sisters.
0: This is the proof that the term virgin has no correlation to intercourse. He said when a young virgin comes to draw water, how would he know this sister has never dealt before? By looking at her? You can know if a sister dealt by looking at her? Remember they taught us context clues. Look at the context. This don't have anything to do with intercourse. <laughs> Read that one more time, brother, please.
1: Behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin or when the young lady comes forth to draw water, I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher, To drink.
0: And, And to do what, brother? To drink. Look at this closely, brothers and sisters. Look at this closely. We're showing you that the word virgin has other meanings than what they're teaching, brothers and sisters. You see that? Read that one more time, brother, please.
1: Behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass, that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink.
0: He said when the young girl comes down to draw water, I'll ask her for something to drink. See, he didn't say when the girl who's never had intercourse comes down to draw water, I'll ask her for a drink. That's not what he's saying. Go to Lamentations 2 and 21, further proof that that word does not mean what they're telling you, brothers and sisters. Lamentations 2 and 21, there's multiple meanings to it.
1: Lamentations 2 verse 21. The young and the old lie on the ground in the streets. My virgins and my young men are fallen by the sword. What did he say? My virgins and my young men are fallen by the sword. So only
0: the women who haven't been touched are in the street. <laughs> now notice how there's a con- look. Look at how it's comp- uh, the, the correlation between young men and virgins. Why is it saying virgins and young men? Because the Bible dictionary said virgin means young woman. It means damsel. It means maiden. Has nothing to do with intercourse at all. See? It simply means young woman. Can you read that again, brother?
1: Verse 21. The young and the old lie on the ground in the streets. My virgins and my young men are fallen by the sword. Thou hast slain them in the day of thine anger. Thou hast killed and not pitied. So are you telling us that only the women who've
0: never been touched were falling in the street with the sword? Or was it he or was he saying, My young women and my young men will fall by the sword for disobedience? See? See? So despite the perceptions, the title isn't designated by a lack of sexual encounters. That's not what it means. They could mean that but most times in the Bible it simply means young woman remember Matthew 25 the ten virgins right with the oil do you think that that was saying the young women or women who haven't t- been touched before see so go and look at all the verses where virgin is at and there's a plethora of verses that have nothing to do with intercourse has everything to do with age see virgin is about age it's not about intercourse (laughs) when it says virgin you know young woman that's what it means it means damsel it means maid see now now you're starting to understand brothers and sisters so Isaiah 7 and 14 a virgin shall conceive means a young woman shall conceive not a woman who doesn't have a father or excuse me a young woman who, who has a baby with no father. Okay. Now. Let's go to Luke 1 and 13. We've already discussed what marriage was. It begins with intercourse. Right. Let's go to Luke 1 and 13. Let's talk about John the Baptist. Why? Because Christians will tell you that. Christ was a child of the Holy Ghost. That the Holy Ghost got. You know. Got Mary pregnant. Right. So let's see. Let's go to John the Baptist and his mother Elizabeth.
1: Luke one and thirteen. But the angel said unto him, <clears throat> Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John.
0: Now this is Zacharias and Elizabeth. This is Christ's first cousin. The angel told Zacharias, Listen, I'm going to get. I'm going to make sure. That Elizabeth can get pregnant. The Most High is going to make sure, okay, that she can conceive, right? Continue.
1: Verse 14 And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. Hold on. what? What did that say? And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. So hold on. Christ wasn't the only child of the Holy Ghost. What did that say? And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb.
0: He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. Even from his mother's womb. So according to the text. John. Was a child of the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost got her pregnant. You see? Now, brothers and sisters, let me first put this out there. Christians were deceptive in their chronolization of the Bible. Luke came before Matthew. okay? Luke was first. But they put it chronologically after Matthew so they could teach their virgin birth deception. They knew if they put Luke in his proper place the virgin birth deception, the immaculate conception, or immaculate deception, I say, it would fall apart. So they put Luke after Matthew, so people would think chronologically it came after Matthew, even though we're seeing right here that it came before. It came before. They know that Luke's account was before Matthew, brothers and sisters. Now the question is, was Elizabeth... John's mother impregnated by the Holy Spirit without a physical father, according to this text. Let's
1: read it again. Luke 1 and 14. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. We know that John didn't didn't do any drinking, brothers and sisters, any alcohol, any fruit. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb.
0: Look at that. He was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. See, so that doesn't mean that the Holy Ghost got her pregnant. That means he was chosen in the womb. John the Baptist. Remember, Christ said there's no man greater than John the Baptist. Christ said that. She was filled with the Holy Ghost, even from, her mother, from his mother's womb. Let's jump down to 26, brother. We're going to read 26 through 36.
1: Luke 1 and 26. <clears throat> and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth.
0: Now, brothers and sisters, you have to understand the angels. Okay. So you had Michael, who's what? Michael is over the military. Gabriel is what over communications. So whenever there was a message, the Most High would send Gabriel. Okay. Whenever there was war, he would send Michael. And then you had who Lucifer, who was what? He was the angel over uh, worship. So he dealt with the worship. So you had the arts, right? The culture was Lucifer. The the um, communication was Gabriel, and the military was Michael. Okay, so those were the three archangels, angels, brothers and sisters. This was the sixth month after Zacharias has spoken to the angel. This is six months later. And what did it say? Verse
1: 26. And in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel was sent, was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Named? Nazareth. Okay. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. To a
0: virgin. Now, brothers and sisters, to a virgin means to a young girl who's what? Espoused to a man named Joseph
1: of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary.
0: And look at that. The virgin's name, the young girl's name was Mary. It's not saying the young girl who's never had intercourse, name is Mary. Okay, brothers and sisters, you see this? This was six months before brothers and sisters. So John was six months older than Christ. Let's read those two scriptures again,
1: brother. Verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Look at that. And the angel came in unto her. And the angel did what? Came in unto her.
0: See, you'll use this and say, see, the angel got her pregnant. (laughs) See, because it's the same verbiage from Matthew that was said about Christ. See, so by that same token, when you're saying that Christ was a child of the Holy Ghost, you have to say the same thing for John. You have to say, well, okay, look, the angel came in unto her and got her pregnant. Is that what you're saying?
1: Huh? Continue, brother. Verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God. What did he say? Fear not, Mary. For thou has found favor with God.
0: Look at this, brothers and
1: sisters. Listen to it closely, okay? Continue. Verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. Thou shalt what? Conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Christ.
0: So here it was six months before. She was pregnant, brothers and sisters. There was what? What was going on? An angel came to her and said, "Uh, look, you're going to get pregnant. And you're going to name him Christ or Jesus,
1: right? 32. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David.
0: His father, David. Hold on. How does Christ have a father, David? Huh?
1: Continue. 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Listen
0: to the next scripture, because this tells you that Luke should have came before Matthew. 34.
1: Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man?
0: She's saying, How am I going to get pregnant and I don't have a man, I don't know a man right now. This is before she even knew who, you know, before she even dealt, brothers and sisters. See, she's not even pregnant here, right?
1: 35. Can
0: you read 34 one more
1: time, brother? 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Look at this. See, this is what Christians will say. See, the Holy Ghost came upon her. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee.
0: Overshadow means to cover, brothers and sisters. We pulled up that word in the Greek. It means to cover, not to get pregnant, okay?
1: Therefore, also, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God.
0: Shall be called the Son of God. So this was a prophecy. The angel said, listen, Mary. You're going to get pregnant, okay? And don't worry. The Holy Ghost is going to protect you and this baby, right? Not saying that the Holy Ghost is going to get her pregnant. No, 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 brothers and sisters. Read 36, please, brother.
1: 36. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth, she had also conceived a son in her old age.
0: Why is he showing a correlation here? He's saying, listen, Elizabeth, she's pregnant too. Right. With a child of the Holy Ghost. Remember, that's what the Bible said. Luke, excuse me, Luke earlier in Luke, then what? That John was filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb. And now he's making a correlation with Elizabeth saying
1: what, brother? And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. Who was called a
0: He said six months. She's six months pregnant, right? She's six months pregnant, right, brothers and sisters? So we're showing you something. Don't, don't miss this, brothers and sisters. I want you to read verse 26 and 27 again.
1: Luke 1 and 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. She was espoused, right? In Luke, she was espoused. That means
0: what, brothers and sisters? That means what? She was espoused. That means she was promised to a man, right? She was engaged. She wasn't married. Now, remember, we told you that marriage, according to the Bible, that term only comes after you've had intercourse. God never called somebody husband and wife before they laid. Never. Now, why is that important? Because in Luke 1 and 27, they were engaged, right? Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew, brothers and sisters. In fact, before we go to Matthew, let's read Luke 1 and 41.
1: Luke 1 and 41. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. The babe did what? Leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And Elizabeth what, brother? Was filled with the Holy Ghost.
0: Is that the Holy Ghost getting Elizabeth pregnant? See? The baby leaped in the womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's not saying the Holy Ghost got her pregnant, brothers and sisters. See, this is the garbage that Christians teach. We wanted to show you that this is before Mary had ever dealt. Okay? This is before she ever dealt. She's not even pregnant at this time. She's espoused, right? Now, let's go to Matthew 1. Because this is Christians like to jump straight to Matthew 1. When they're trying to teach this virgin birth garbage. They go to Matthew 1 and 1. Now, we're going to help you understand it now, brothers and
1: sisters. Matthew 1, verse 1. The book of the generations of Christ, the son of David. The what? The son of David. The son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat Judas and his brethren.
0: Brothers and sisters. This entire chapter is genealogy. It starts off. It says this is the generation of Christ. The son of David. The son of Abraham. So once again. Jews trace their lineage through the father. Okay. So those other European Jewish people. Lie after lie after lie they trace the lineage through the mother. that's not biblical. That's not biblical. It always traced through the the seed always traced through the man. We're reading what? I know Christians they think this is this is born, but you have to listen to this. you have to listen to this genealogy. There's a reason why they put this at the beginning of the chapter. Because you won't understand what's coming later in the chapter without this. Let's read those two scriptures again, brother.
1: Verse 1. The book of the generations of Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. Jump to verse 6, brother. Verse 6. And Jesse begat David the king. Jesse begat David the king. David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Look, look at that, brothers and sisters. We remember
0: David had a man killed, right, a soldier of his, right, for Bathsheba, and the son, the son that came, one of the sons that came from that was Solomon. So we're showing you right here the begats. Jesse begat David. David begat Solomon. It started where? It started with who? Abraham. And Isaac, Isaac and Jacob Jacob and Judas see so this chapter is all lineage so it started with who Abraham now let's jump to verse 16 through 20
1: verse 16 and Jacob begat Joseph the husband of Mary so
0: hold on Joseph is in this lineage Joseph is in the lineage with the King David so hold on. Joseph is the son of David. He would have been king. See that? Why is Joseph named in lineage of kings? See, this is the lineage of kings here. It started with Abraham. Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob the Judas. See, so this whole chapter is the lineage of kings. Read that one more time, please, brother. Verse
1: 16. And Jacob begat Joseph. The husband of Mary. See,
0: the husband of Mary. Hold up. Hold up. Why is it calling Joseph her husband? Why is it calling Joseph her husband? If in Luke it said they were espoused, brothers and sisters, the Bible never refers to a man and woman as husband and wife when they haven't dealt. (laughs) See that? See, that's why you need to know what marriage is. Go back to Ruth 4 and 13. Go back to Genesis 24. 64. Right. With Rebecca and Isaac, he took Rebecca and she became his wife. Ruth 4 and 13. Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. She became his wife after she was taken. See. This is the reason you have to know what marriage is, because in Luke in Luke. Right. What was that one and twenty seven? It said that she was a spouse. Now when Matthew is telling you she's married. That's the proof that Luke is what? <laughs> Luke came first, brothers and sisters. Because she was a style. She wasn't even married. Now the Bible is telling you what, brother? Verse 16.
1: <clears throat> and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. The husband of Mary, which denotes intercourse. Of whom was born Christ, who is called our Lord and Savior. Continued. Verse 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. So it's
0: counting the time between uh, David and the time, the present time in this text, right? Continue.
1: Verse 18. Listen to this closely. Now the birth of Christ was on the wise, on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph.
0: Hold on, when she was what?
1: When she was espoused to Joseph. When
0: she was espoused to Joseph. Now it's calling her espoused again. Now you see in the language, you see it, it went from espoused to husband and wife to spouse What is this saying? If you don't know what marriage is, you'll never get it. Marriage begins with intercourse. So when the Bible refers to somebody as married, that means they've had intercourse. Okay. Can you read that again? Verse 18.
1: Now the birth of Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together.
0: See, that's where Krishna stopped. You see, before they came together, brother. See, they haven't come together yet. Right. She was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. This is the scripture they'll go to. This is, They'll jump right to the 18th verse and say, see, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, this is not saying before they came together to have intercourse. It's saying before they came together for the marriage ceremony. You see that? So Mary and Joseph had already dealt before they got to the marriage ceremony. That's what this is telling you. And let's not sit here and act like, you know, we haven't done certain things. So that means that Mary was already promised to Joseph for a date. Let's say it was March 4th. But in December, they had already got together well before March 4th, the ceremony with their parents and their families. See, it says before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. That's telling you that before the ceremony, they had already dealt. She was already pregnant and she had a child of the Holy Ghost, just like John was a child of the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, all the prophets are called child or children of the Holy Ghost. You see that? How do we know what we're saying is proof that this is before they came together with the marriage ceremony? Jump to verse
1: 19. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband. Joseph who? Her husband. Joseph who? Her husband. No, Joseph, her espoused... Her husband, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily.
0: Why is it calling Joseph her husband again? If they never dealt. Why would it be calling Joseph her husband if they never got married? Where did we see a marriage ceremony in the Bible between Joseph and Mary? There was no marriage ceremony. We already proved that when you lay down, you are considered married to God. You are considered married. It says Joseph,
1: her husband, being a just man, was not willing to make her a public example. Was minded to put her away privately.
0: Now the question is, why would he be trying to put her away privately? Or privily, brothers and sisters, if the if the Holy Spirit got her pregnant, why would he be trying to put her away? You telling me the Holy Spirit broke her Hy- hymen? Is that what you're saying? see is that what you're saying? no Joseph put her away because he knew that if they consummated the marriage with their families and blood didn't come down on that sheet that they could bring out you know so what would happen is they would have a ceremony so the the intercourse would come first after after the intercourse, They would have intercourse on a white sheet, brothers and sisters, with their families outside. And then once that was done, they would come outside with the sheet and the sheet would have blood on it to prove that she hasn't been touched. See, but Joseph dealt with her already. So if they would have went through with the ceremony. There would have been no blood on that sheet and she would have been stoned. She would have been stoned. That's why Joseph. Being a just man. Didn't want to make a public example out of her. Imagine her coming to Joseph and saying, you know, God got me pregnant. Come on now, brother, what would you do if a sister came to you and said that? What would you do? See, this is the problem with Christianity. Is things don't have to make sense. You'll sit here and believe that a woman who never had intercourse before got pregnant. That's not scriptural. That's pagan. That's pagan to say that a Holy Spirit, a spirit, got a woman pregnant. That's pagan. In fact, the fallen angels are what? Are being judged for having intercourse with women. Genesis 6. That's where the giants came from. That's terrestrial and extraterrestrial. So you're saying that God did the same thing he kicked out the other angels for. Angels or spirits Having intercourse with with women. You see that brothers and sisters? Joseph her husband. Her husband. Her husband. Why is it calling Joseph her husband? The Bible is telling you they dealt. They dealt before the ceremony. If the ceremony was on March 4th. But they dealt together in January 4th. That's what happened. And let's not act like young people don't do these things, okay? This is why, this is why the angel came to Mary and said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect you, okay? I'm going to protect you. You'll be okay. You're going to get pregnant before the ceremony, but I'm going to protect you. You'll be fine. See? That's what the angel was telling Mary. Continue, brother.
1: Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying. Saying what, brother? Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to to take unto thee Mary thy wife. No,
0: Mary thy espoused. Thy wife. Thy what? Thy wife. Why is the Bible calling her his wife? (laughs) See, if you skim through this, you'll miss the whole thing. You'll miss the whole thing. The Bible never refers to a man and woman as husband or wife without there being intercourse. Never. Show it to me. Show it to me in the Bible. So the first thing we had to prove is that virgin means young girl. It means young woman. It doesn't mean a woman that haven't been touched. It can mean that. But most times in the Bible, it doesn't have anything to do with that. And this is one of them. What does the scripture say, brother?
1: Matthew one and twenty But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The
0: same verbiage that was what in Luke chapter one as it pertained to John. See? Christians will say, see? She conceived in a child of the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, we proved already that all the prophets are children of the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, let's prove that, brother. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon. Let's go into our Apocrypha. Brothers and sisters, for those of you who may be new to our channel, we use the entire Bible, okay? So in... 1611, when the King James Version was first published, there was 80 books in it, okay? There was 14 books that they took out called the Apographer, okay, brothers and sisters? This is part of it. Go look at the original King James Version Bible, brother. The the Apographer was in the Bible up until 1850. So all the way up until 1850, these books were in the Bible. What was happening in the late 1800s? Anybody know? Any historians? The abolition of slavery. So they had to take, they said, well, hold on. These Negroes are about to be free. We have to take this out of the Bible. We can't allow them to read this. In your Catholic Bible, a lot of these texts are actually in your Catholic Bible. So the white man have them. They just make sure you don't give them to the Negroes. Okay? So the white man have these in his Bible. They told you not to read it. Go study your manuscripts. Okay? Go study that literature. When the Bible was first translated, how many books was there? And who gave you the right to take out anything? Because who took stuff out? The Romans. The same people who crucified Christ. Or the ones who canonized the Bible. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Brothers and sisters, wisdom of Solomon... 9 and 17 this is in your apographer any theologian anyone who studies the Bible on a scholarly levels they know about the Apographer. they know it was in the original canonization brothers and sisters I encourage you to purchase what's called a 1611 King James version Bible brother Cory and I have 1611 King James Version Bibles it has all 80 books in it we have the Oxford edition we have the Cambridge edition See, these are the most prestigious schools in all of the world. Why do they have all 80 books of the Bible that they paid money to publish? They paid money to have this published. Go look it up. 1611, KJV, Oxford Edition, Cambridge Edition. These, you know, preppy white schools paid money. And they're teaching you, stay with the sixty-six. Stay with the 66, Negro. We're at Wisdom of Solomon 9 and 17. What's it
1: say, brother? Wisdom of Solomon 9 and 17. And thy counsel, who hath known, except thou give wisdom, and send the Holy Spirit from above.
0: Look at that. Send the Holy Spirit from above. That's what it's talking about a child of the Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters. When he sent wisdom into these children, okay? do you see that brothers and sisters? when it says the the holy the Holy Ghost entered in, this is what it's talking about sending the Holy Spirit into the child from a young age that means from day one the child knew its purpose. That's what that means. all the prophets knew their purpose from a young age. Let us show you that. Let's go to Jeremiah 1. let's go to Jeremiah. Chapter 1, verse 5. What's that saying, brother?
1: Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I did what? I sanctified thee. Before you came out of the womb. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. I ordained you before you came out of the womb. See, that's
0: what a child of the Holy Ghost means. All the prophets, while in the womb, were ordained by the Spirit of God. See, that means they were cognizant of their purpose. See that? That's what it means, a child of the Holy Ghost. Let's read that one more time.
1: Verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb... I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Were sanctified and
0: ordained, brothers and sisters. So it tells you all the prophets destiny was preordained. All of them, brothers and sisters. We wanted to show you that because this is that's what it actually means, brothers and sisters. That's what it meant when it says the 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 Holy Spirit shall overshadow thee and all that, right? That the Holy Spirit came into her womb that's what it's talking about brothers and sisters that's what it's talking about let's go to 1st Corinthians 14 and 33 1st Corinthians 14 and 33
1: 1st Corinthians, Corinthians 14 and 33 for God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches of the saints.
0: God is not the author of confusion. So if you're confused, that's the devil. See? For you to try to come and tell somebody, well, yeah, this woman got pregnant without a father. That's confusion. Okay? And it doesn't make sense. For you to try to say, well, listen, the Sabbath, even though it's on Saturday, because Christ came back, we changed it to Sunday. And matter of fact, we're allowed to eat pork, even though he said don't eat pork. That is confusion. See, the truth is easy to be understood, brothers and sisters. You've heard the scriptures that we've pulled out and they were easy to be understood, brothers and sisters. They were easy to be understood because God is not the author of confusion. Trying to convert a brother, a grown man, saying, well, listen, God or Jesus was born, but he didn't have a physical father. What man is going (laughs) to? That may work with some kids or something. But see, that's why men walk away from the church. Because it doesn't make sense. Because they feel ignorant saying that. Because it is ignorant. That particular teaching of a virgin birth in that sense, they had that many times. Before Christ. Go find out all the stories of virgin birth. Well before Christ. And see, that's why Satanists, and that's why the Egyptologists don't, they don't deal with the Bible. Because they know that teaching, that you're teaching, that Christ didn't have a father, that's highly pagan. And that story has been told many times. See? That's that story. The girl was a virgin. But virgin doesn't mean what you think it means. See? And yes, we, we, yeah, we got vigor in our voice today. Yes. Because why? Christianity has shackled our people. They've taken money from us. They've shackled us. They've taken our youth from us. They've taken our position from us. Lie after lie after lie. Brothers and sisters, the Most High have raised up brothers. Some young brothers, some young sisters that are going to help lead our people out of this. We're here bringing the truth for our people. You may hate Brother Corey and I after this. That's fine. We love you. We did this for you. We did this for you. Let's read that again, brother.
1: First Corinthians 4 and 33. For God is not the author of confusion. Not the author of confusion, but? But of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Okay, so look at that.
0: Not the author of confusion. Okay, so let's see. He's not the author of confusion. Let's go to Romans, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Romans 1 and 3. Let's go to Romans 1 and 3, brothers and sisters. Follow us here. I want you to go to Romans 1 and 3. Actually pull this up, brothers and sisters. We're going to have Brother Corey read this. This is one of the, the clearest scriptures that you're going to get.
1: Romans 1 and 3. Concerning his son Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. Uh, Hold on. What did that say, brother? Our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. Made of the what? Seed of David, according to the flesh. Look at this.
0: He was made of the seed of David. Brothers and sisters, go to that word seed. Go to your Google, type in Romans, the first chapter Strong's Concordance and I want you to pull up this word seed here. It's the Greek number 4690 Brothers and sisters and the word is sperma See that? Sperma brothers and sisters. That word seed is sperma It's sperm So let's read it with the word sperm there instead of seed brother
1: Romans 1 and 3 Concerning his son Christ, our Lord, which was made of the sperm of David, according to the flesh. According to the what? The flesh. Brothers and sisters, we remember hygiene
0: class. You know what that means. You know what that means. When the spirit overshadowed Mary, that's when the spirit came down into her. Is that what you're saying, brothers and sisters? No, brothers and sisters, that don't take away the fleshly side. He said, according to the flesh, he was made of the seed of David. The sperma came from David, but the spirit came from what? Let's read, let's read three and four. Because look at these scriptures, brothers and sisters.
1: Verse three, concerning his son, Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh,
0: according to the flesh, brothers and sisters. Now, why is it saying that according to the flesh? Go to Romans eight and three. He said, according to the flesh, she was born, he was born of what? The seed or sperm of who? Of David, right? Now, look at what Romans 8 and 3 says as it pertains to the flesh.
1: Romans 8 and 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Did what? Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh.
0: Christ came just like everybody else of the seed of a man. He had to. If he would have came from some miraculous way, then people would be able to say, well, Christ was. He didn't have a father. He came miraculously. So, yeah, he was able to beat temptation and different things. But that was Christ. He didn't have a father. His father was God. See? You see that, brothers and sisters? So because of this immaculate birth, people will say, well, listen, what would Jesus do? I can't do that. He was God. He didn't have a physical father. Lie. Let's go back to Romans 1 and 3. We'll read 3 and 4. Listen to it again. Use the word seed, brother, please.
1: Romans 1 and 3. Or...
0: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, verse three. And if you could use the word sperma
1: instead of seed, Concerning his son, Christ, our Lord, which was made of the sperm of David, according to the flesh. According to the what? The flesh. No, according to the spirit, brother. To the flesh. Okay. And declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness. According to the what? The spirit of holiness. So hold on. It says he was made... Of
0: the seed of David according to the flesh, but he was the Son of God through the Spirit. You see that? He was the Son of David, right? Through the flesh, but he was the Son of God through the Spirit. That means the flesh came through David, but the Spirit came from God. It was the first Spirit ever created. See? How could he be the son of David and the son of God, brothers and sisters? Let's read it one more time.
1: (laughs) Verse 4. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. According to the what? The spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. He
0: declared to be the son of God according to the spirit. Right? But he was the son of David according to the flesh. See? See? It don't get no clearer than that. So the flesh came from David's sperm. The spirit came from God. See that? God is not the author of confusion. See how easy that is? It's easy to look at that scripture that says what? What did it say brother? Verse three.
1: Concerning his son, Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. The seed of David. According to the flesh. According to the flesh. And declared to be the son of God with power. According to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead.
0: By the resurrection of the dead. So according to the text. He is the son of David. Through the flesh. Through the seed. And the son of God. Through the Holy Spirit. Mm. You see that brothers and sisters. Let's go to Wisdom of Solomon 7. Let's go back to this apocrypha. Wisdom of Solomon 7. And see, this virgin birth thing that they taught is highly satanic. It's highly, highly satanic. And most men that I know that walked away from Christian church, that was one of the main reasons. Because they understood if you can teach me that somebody had a baby with no father, then you could teach me anything. <laughs> You teach me anything. You teach me aliens are walking the earth with blue skin. You know. See, that's the danger in Christianity: is it doesn't have to make sense. The truth always makes sense, brothers and sisters. Let's read Wisdom of Solomon seven in one through five.
1: Wisdom of Solomon seven verse one. I myself also am a mortal man, like to all. And the offspring of him that was first made of the earth. And in my mother's womb.
0: When he says I'm the offspring of him that was first made of the earth. He's saying I'm a child of Adam who was made from the ground. See? He's saying I'm a mortal man. I'm the offspring of Adam who was made from the earth.
1: Verse 2. And in my mother's womb was fashioned to be flesh in the time of ten months. Look at this.
0: I was in my mother's womb ten months.
1: Being compacted into blood of the seed of man. Of the what? The seed of man. Of the what? And the seed of man and the pleasure that came with sleep. And the what, brother? And the pleasure that came with sleep. He's
0: saying, I was made of the sperm of man with the the from the pleasure that came with sleep. We know what that is. The pleasure that come with sleep is married people's business. Okay? What married folks do. Okay. So he's saying, I came like every other man from the seed of a man. The seed of that man came from the pleasure that come with sleep, right?
1: Verse three. And when I was born, I draw in the comment. I drew in the common air and fell upon the earth,
0: fell upon the earth. This is telling you, brothers and sisters, women didn't lay on their back when they were having babies. Okay, they stood up. See, that's why he said I fell on un- uh, fell onto the earth. Because why? They would let gravity take place, so the woman would would stand. And just like you remember back in the day, they would tell the woman to walk around the you know walk around the room before she give birth to let gravity take place. So during this time, you didn't you didn't have a sister on her back with her legs all up. Too much can go wrong when you got a, somebody with their hands all in it. Not. Nah. Now, nah, we're going to let gravity take close, uh, take place. So a woman would stand and the maiden or excuse me, the, you know, the sister that's helping her, the, the, the uh, midwife, the midwife, right? The midwife, brothers and sisters would do what they would get underneath of the sister and let the baby fall into her hands. See that now you're not in labor long. There's less pain because you're not on your back. See, so even how they're delivering babies is wrong, according to God. Can you read that again, brother? Verse three.
1: Verse three. And when I was born, I drew in the common air and fell upon the earth, which is of like nature. And the first voice, which I uttered was crying as all others do.
0: He said the first thing I did was cry like everybody else.
1: I was nursed in swaddling clothes and that which with cares. For there is no king that had any other beginning of birth. Boom. You see that? What did he say? For there is no king that had any other beginning of birth.
0: Now that's key. Because see, that's why they're teaching Christ to never father. See? If Christ was born without the pleasure of sleep, that would actually be against the scripture. Because it says no other king had any other entrance into life. No other king.
1: Can you read verse six, brother? Verse six. For all men have once for one entrance into life. What did that say? For all men have one entrance into life.
0: All men and women come the same way, brothers and sisters. They all come the same way. Verse five is the most important because he said there's no king that had any other birth. How can Christ be the king of the Jews? then? Hmm. How can Christ be the king of the Jews? And see, that was the devil's doctrine. That's why he taught it. Because how can Christ be the king if he didn't have his father pass down the crown? See? Brother, if you are the king of some land, your crown would go to your firstborn son. That's how it works. If he doesn't have a father, how can he get the crown of David? Joseph was the king. Joseph, if we weren't slaves at that time to the Romans, he would have been the king. Go read uh, Matthew 1 through 16. It went from Abraham to David, from David to Joseph. See, they treat Joseph like some third will. Nah, Joseph was king. Joseph would have been king. Let's go to Acts 2 and 29. We're we're wrapping up here, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Acts 2 and 29, because that's why they taught that garbage.
1: (laughs) Acts 2 and 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried. And his sepulcher is with us unto this day. So
0: here it is in Acts, the second chapter. They're telling you, listen, David is dead. Okay. We know where he's buried at. Okay. We we know where he's buried at. Continue.
1: Verse 30. Listen to this. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him. God had sworn an oath to David. That of the fruit of his loins. What's
0: the fruit of a man's loins? What's the fruit of a man's loins? Huh?
1: That the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, according to the spirit, the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, you see that?
0: He made an oath to David that the Messiah, the Hamashiach, would come through his loins. He's saying that David's dead, though. So David's not having any more
1: kids. You see this, brothers and sisters?
0: New Testament.
1: Let's read those two scriptures again. Acts 2 and 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, he swore with an oath to David, that of the fruit of his loins, from your seed, According to the flesh, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. The
0: Messiah would come through David's loins, brothers and sisters. Remember, Matthew, the first chapter went from Abraham to David, from David to Joseph. Joseph was Christ's father. Let's prove that. Let's go to Luke two and four, brother. Let's go to Luke two and four. It was prophesied, it was promised to David that the Messiah would come through his loins, right?
1: Luke 2, verse 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David. Joseph went into the city of David. Which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Because Joseph was what? Of the house and lineage of David. Joseph
0: was the lineage of David. See that? Now remember, in Acts it said what? That he promised to David that the fruit of his loins, the Messiah, would come through. This particular text tells you that Joseph was the lineage of David. Joseph was the son of David, his great 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 grandson, right? Let's jump to verse John, excuse me, John 6 and 42. See, we're pulling the covers all the way off today, brothers and sisters. The most high, stimulated brother Corey and I to to bring this information forth. To help take the shackles off our people.
1: John 6 and 42. And they said, is not this Christ, the son of Joseph? The son of what? The son of Joseph. The son of what? Of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it, how is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? They
0: said, isn't this Christ, the son of Joseph? So brothers and sisters, everyone knew that Joseph was his father. Okay. What they didn't know was how he's saying he's the son of God. Can you read that again, brother? Verse
1: 42. And they said, is not this Christ, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? So we know who his father and mother is. How is it then that he say it? I came down from heaven.
0: Now, remember, what was it? Romans 1 and 3 said through the flesh, he came from the seed of David. Through the spirit, he came as the son of God. See, they didn't understand. How are you saying you're the son of God when we know your father's Joseph? See, they didn't get it either. See, they didn't get it either, brothers and sisters. We have it backwards now. Now we say, well, no, he didn't have a father. He was the son of God. He can't be the son of God if he's the son of Joseph. And back then we were saying, how can he be the son of God when we know his daddy? See, Romans 1 and 3 tells you what? Through the seed of David, according to the flesh, he was the son of Joseph. And he was the son of God, according to the spirit. Let's read that one more time, brother. Because some people don't think that Joseph was his father. Is the scripture
1: wrong? John 6 and 42. And they said, is, is not this Christ the son of Joseph? The son of who? Of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. We
0: know this brother. We know his family. See? How? So is this, is this brothers and
1: sisters, is this wrong? What's the last part saying, brother? How is it then that he say it? I came down from heaven. See, so they're confused.
0: How is he saying... We know his father and mother. How is he saying he came down from heaven? See? So they didn't understand either, brothers and sisters. We don't fault you. That's why the Most High had us bring this out for us. for You know, for our people. For all people, really. Because this isn't just for Jews. It's for Gentiles also. The shackles are coming off. The Bible says that he was the son of Joseph. He doesn't call Joseph his step, step stepdad or Jesus his stepson or none of that. No, that's his son. Let's go to Matthew 24 and 4, brothers and sisters. See, all the lies are coming out today. All the lies. Matthew 24 and
1: 4. Matthew 24 verse 4. And Christ answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, say, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. He said, Many people
0: will come in my name, saying, I am Christ. Who is that? Who come in Christ's name, brothers and sisters? I am Christian. I am Christian. See? He said, In the last days, there's going to be people coming, claiming That they're representing me. And they're going to look to deceive. They're going to teach you I didn't have a father. They're going to teach you I'm someone else. They're going to teach you you're someone else. This is what Christ is telling you. They're going to teach you that I was white. (laughs) They're going to teach you that the the Jews or Israelites are white. They're going to tell you I didn't have a father. See? Look at this. Satan would use people claiming Christ's name to deceive many. And Christ told us. Let's read those two scriptures again, brother.
1: Matthew 24, verse 4. And Christ answered and said unto them, Take
0: heed that no man deceive you. Brothers and sisters, anytime Christ talked about the last days, he talked about deception. He said many, many times. "Don't Don't let a
1: man deceive
0: you. Why?
1: For many... Shall come in my name saying.
0: Many people will come in my name saying.
1: I am Christ. I'm Christian. And shall deceive many. See. So brothers and sisters. If
0: somebody told you. That they was a devil worshiper. You wouldn't listen to them. So I had to tell you that I was a Christian. So you can listen to me. See I needed to get close enough. And I couldn't do that saying I was a Muslim. I couldn't do that saying I was a Satanist. So I had to say I was a Christian. And then. Once you believe me. I tell you. Don't worry about the Sabbath, okay? You can eat pork, eat crab, shrimp, and lobster, okay? See, the Christians told you that. See, now if a Muslim told you that or a Buddhist, you wouldn't listen to it. But because I told you I was a Christian, now you let me tell you against God. Brothers and sisters, lie after lie after lie. Let's go to Jeremiah 10, Why? Because since we're pulling out lies, let's pull out one of their greatest lies. They lied about Christ's father. They lied about his birthday. We're going to Jeremiah 10 and we're ending it at Luke 8 and 19. Lie after lie. He said Christians are going to come and deceive you. We're going to Jeremiah 10 and 1. Brothers and sisters, you're going to find out that Christmas is pagan. The Christmas tree is pagan according to the Bible. Okay. Many shall come in my name saying I'm Christian and shall deceive many. No one else comes in Christ's name. No one. Nobody, brothers and sisters. Let's hear. Let's hear Jeremiah 10 and 1.
1: Jeremiah 10 verse 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Oh, who? O house of Israel. Listen, Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Do what? Learn not the way of the heathen. You don't learn the customs from Gentiles, okay? You don't learn
0: customs from Africans. You don't learn customs from Koreans. You don't learn customs from white men. You don't follow the way of the heathen. Why is the Bible calling these people heathen? Because they don't follow law. So if you don't follow law you have se- you sleep with whoever you want you eat whatever you want you celebrate whatever you want you are a heathen to god you are a heathen because you live without law what does it say brother
1: verse 2 thus saith the lord learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven for the heathen are dismayed at them don't
0: be dismayed at the signs of heaven what are, we, what are the signs of heaven? Stars, the moon, how these people, you know, if an eclipse comes, everyone's out looking for it, right? This is what they do. He's saying, don't don't deal with the
1: signs of heaven, okay? Don't deal with the heavens and the stars. Verse 3. For the customs of the people are vain. The customs of the Gentiles are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest. They do what? One cut a tree, Out, Of the forest, They cut a tree out the forest, The work of the hands of the workmen, With the axe, They take an axe, And cut the tree out of the forest, They deck it with silver, And with gold, They do what? They deck it with silver, And with gold, They deck the halls, What do they do? They deck it with silver, And with gold, And they fasten it, With nails and with hammers that it moved not.
0: Brothers and sisters, during that time, you were putting real gold and silver on the trees. And then it says they fashioned it with nails and hammers. Brothers and sisters, the trees, I mean, I don't know what the trees are like now because I haven't celebrated Christmas in many years. But when I was young, you screwed it in at the bottom. You screwed in that nail at the bottom so it would stand up, right? Can you read that again, brother? Verse 4.
1: Verse 4. They deck it with silver and with gold, and they fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. Screw it in at the bottom. Verse 5. They are upright as the palm tree. Look at that. So
0: it stands upright like the palm tree. So it's a tree that they cut out of the forest. So we know there's no way it can stand on its own. We have to screw it in. We have to nail it in. What did it say, brother?
1: They are upright as the palm tree. But speak not. They must needs be born. Because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them. Why is he saying be
0: not afraid of them? It was an idol. Brothers and sisters. It was an idol.
1: For they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. He's
0: saying it's an idol. Okay, It has no power. Why is he saying this? They can't do evil. Because our people feared it. Okay, It represented Nimrod. We know Nimrod was the tower of Babel. So, what would happen is they they would tell us, you know, the Babylonians, they would tell us, um, you know, if you don't celebrate this day, if you don't celebrate Nimrod's birthday, if you don't deck this tree and put gifts under it, then Nimrod's spirit will hunt you for the whole next year. See? So, that's where that came from. And who told you it was Christ's birthday, even though it's not? <laughs> And they'll tell you that. They'll say, well, it's not Christ's birthday, but we're going to act like it is. And I'm like, well, hold on, brother. You just said it's not his birthday. See? Where did we learn that Christmas was connected to Christ? Who told us that? Was that Muslims that told us that? Hmm? Who was that? Was that Buddhist that was telling us that, listen, we can celebrate Christmas as Christ's birthday? Or was that Christians? See? How do you know it's an idol? When is the last time you celebrated Christmas without that tree? Why you can't just give gifts without that tree? Why you can't give gifts on the twentieth of December, on the first of January? Why do you have to wait till December twenty-fifth? Hmm? Brothers and sisters, it's an idol. If you were making an idol today, you would get your idol. You would dress it up. You would put gold and silver and lights and a star on it. And then you would bow down on your knees in front of that tree. You would put your kids on their knees to open up gifts. See that? Job 9 and 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. You will sacrifice your babies. You'll dress up this idol with gold and silver and light. You'll stand it upright and then put gifts under it so your children go under it on their knees. See? It's against God. The Bible tells you, don't put a tree in your house. Decking it with gold and silver, putting gifts under it. It's of the devil. And Christians tried to do what? They tried to connect it to Christ. Why? Why? Because they knew the only way that you would do it is if they connected it to Christ. If they told you it was Muhammad's birthday, you wouldn't do it. (laughs) See, if they told you it was Buddha's birthday, you wouldn't do it. So Satan said, the only way I can get them to deal with this idolatry is I have to say it's connected to Jesus. Because these people, especially black people, they have a, you know, they love Jesus. So if we tell these black folks that Jesus' birthday was on December 25th and we're celebrating his birthday, they'll do it. See? Do you see that, brothers and sisters? Lie after lie after lie. The title today? The title today, brothers and sisters? The Christian Deception. We've went into a lot of deceptions today. The Most High led us to pull these scriptures out. These are the scriptures that freed us, brothers and sisters. When we saw these scriptures for the first time, it was like a breath of fresh air. Everything made sense. We understood that. Listen, we're not going to say Christians are bad people, okay? I'm not going to say that. Because Christians were some of the nicest people that I had ever met. But they were following the devil. Okay? So it's the pastor's fault. It's the shepherd's fault for not teaching the truth. Our parents, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles, the only thing they did was what they knew. Okay? They paid their tithes and offering. They sat up in these churches and were lied to. And you know, one of the biggest days for tithes and offering, December 25th. See? December 25th. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you all were able to Digest a lot of information. There was we we came out with many scriptures today. If only one person hears this truth and changes and applies it, it will be well worth it. We did this for our people. Christianity is of the devil, brothers and sisters. Everything we brought out today contradicted what the Christians say. We pulled out scripture after scripture after scripture contradicting everything they say, what I encourage you to do, brothers and sisters, is you write down your questions. Now that you have the answers, now go to your pastor. Now go to your mother. Now go to your father and ask them the questions that you have the answers to. To The title today, the title today, The Christian Deception. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala.
1: Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.